God is the God of the universe. God is the God of everybody. And that is what John was referring to when he said that the one that does not love does not know God. But the confidence that you must have in the word of God from within, that deep assurance, heaven is a state of happiness which comes as a result of living a useful life. The heavenly pursuit is usefulness. The heavenly pursuit is love. The wisdom of God, it is universal. It is universal because it does not belong to a certain set. So I want to talk to us about the importance of truth. And when I say truth in this context, I mean truth in the natural. I believe for many months now, we have stressed a lot on the importance of knowing truth in the spirit, isn't it? Yeah. And that thing still stands. It's the ultimate. Hallelujah. Yes. And the knowing truth in the natural, its importance is found in the importance that we find in knowing truth in the spirit. In other words, we say that your spirit or the person living in this earthly body is the main man, you get it. But this earthly body is necessary because of the main man. So you don't misuse or abuse your earthly body because then it will hinder the person living in this body from actually expressing himself or herself. You get it? So we derive the importance of the body from the importance of the man that lives in the body. Do you understand that? So the natural knowledge or truth in the natural is important because of the importance of truth in the spirit. So we want to look at how truth in the natural becomes very important and what it is that we need to do about it. Amen. When God wants to come into the life of a person in a significant way, when I say significant way, in a way that the person is conscious of. So the person becomes conscious of it. Now, being conscious of it is significant because then that is where you now begin to cooperate with God. So if God is in your life and you're not conscious of his presence in your life, then you cannot begin to cooperate with him. You get it. Now, without that cooperation, then what God seeks to do will not be achieved. It will be one-sided. It's like God wants to do something for you, but you are not at the receiving end. You are not trying to receive it. So no matter how God finds what he wants to do for you important, he will still not be able to do it. So you will frustrate his efforts. But when you become conscious of what God is trying to do, then you stand the chance of actually cooperating with him. Amen. So now the conscious point where we see that, okay, this is what God is trying to do with me is the introduction of truth in the natural. That is where a person becomes conscious of the workings of God inside him. 
before that God is working, before that God is still present, but it is the introduction of truth or the knowledge of truth that allows for the person to now become conscious of what God is trying to do. Amen. Why? Because truth teaches what righteousness is. Truth teaches what is good, what is of the kingdom of God, what is holy. Truth is that which exposes a man to the reality of God. Do you understand that? So without truth, a man does not know the things that pertain to God and his kingdom. Amen. So the moment truth begins to enter the life of a person, the person now starts to gain consciousness of things that hitherto he was not conscious about. So the person gains that consciousness. The person now has a channel created in them that begins to appreciate things that before he or she was not appreciating. Amen. Now, this is important because of the way man is when he's not conscious of God. When man seems to be left to his own devices, he does not come up by himself with truth. We talk about the rational mind. We learned it during the special program. The rational mind, right? The intermediate and then the sensory mind. Now, we know that the rational mind is the place where man begins to know truth as to what pertains to God and his kingdom. Do you understand that? He begins to know truth as to what good is, as to what the spiritual life is. And the spiritual life is the true life that man must live. Like, to be spiritual is not an accessory. To be spiritual is the life that every man born into this world has been called to live. He has been called to learn how to live. Please understand that. That's spirituality. Spirituality is not an accessory. You do all your things, then you try to look for God and add God to your side or put him in your purse. That's not spirituality. Spirituality is the life itself. So now when a person begins to learn or know truth about this life, the life of the kingdom of God, when a person begins to gain understanding as to what righteousness is, then his rational mind, or he starts to become rational. Do you understand that? You, know, you are not rational when you don't know truth about the kingdom, because that truth is what teaches you the life that a man must live. Do you understand that? No matter how sensible you may sound to people, you are not sensible at all. Amen? Yeah, that's how come at times you meet people, they really feel they are wise, right? But you also look at them, say, hey, calm down. Hallelujah. And it's very ironic when an unwise person is speaking as though they are the wisest in the world. You see? So when you begin to learn truth, that's when you start to know wisdom. But that is not the completeness of it. Now, the completeness of that knowledge, that opening of the rational mind, is when you begin to apply the truth to your life. You understand that? So to know truth alone is to introduce you to how the life is supposed to be. But to apply the truth to your life is to begin to gain experience. You understand that? And that is when the rational mind is properly 
opened. Okay. Now, because of the way we are without God, it is not possible for a man sitting by himself to come up with truth, the knowledge of the things that pertain to God and his kingdom. It is not possible. So, for example, like you hide in the bush somewhere and you have not been taught anything. It is not possible to come up with the knowledge about the kingdom of God, about righteousness, about how a man should live his life, about what goodness is. It is not possible for a man to come up with it. There are people that believe that from themselves they can begin to generate doctrine. Now, this truth that I'm talking about is what is called doctrine, okay? They believe that from themselves, they can generate doctrine. What will happen is that whatever you generate, because when a man is not conscious of God, he is rather more conscious of evil, and he gives himself more to evil. What you generate as doctrine will actually be false. Amen. It will be doctrine that will support the kind of life that you live. That is why a man does not necessarily need to be taught the doctrine for evil. Do you see? He just needs to be without God. He will begin to generate more doctrine, evil doctrine, some funny, funny thinking. When I say doctrine, I'm not talking about people preaching from the Bible wrong things in terms of what is evil. I'm talking about philosophies of life where a man has his own ideas as to how life should be, as to what righteousness is, as to what he should give himself to. Like, for instance, you say, make money, make money. You get above all things, make money. Do you understand that? Aha. So now, above all things, make money is not a good philosophy for life. Do you understand that? But man, when he's left to himself, will draw that conclusion. Do you see? So in order for you to not draw such conclusions, then you need to be taught. So this truth, which is doctrine, God has designed it such that a man will have to be taught it. Hallelujah. God has designed it so that you will need to be taught. And it is important that you understand it. The Ethiopian eunuch, when he was reading from Isaiah concerning Jesus, the Bible says that Philip was carried in the spirit and he saw his chariot. And he asked him if he's able to understand what it is that he's reading. And he said, how can I understand except a man does what? A man teaches me. So when it comes to knowledge, it's like school. All the things that they are teaching you, somebody will have to teach you. Hallelujah. It's called the basic principles of the kingdom. Someone will have to teach you. When it comes to foundational things, someone will have to teach you. So someone taught you how to write. Someone taught you English. Someone taught you math. Someone taught you arithmetic. You were taught. Do you understand that? And at the level where you need someone to teach you, what is required of you is your willingness to learn, isn't it? Your desire to learn, your appreciation of the importance 
of what it is that is being taught you. That becomes a necessary attitude to have, isn't it? And that is the attitude you must have towards the word of God if you appreciate how important it is, then you must have the willingness to be taught. You must have the diligence. You must apply yourself to understand because that becomes the platform for spirituality. Without doctrine, you will have problems ascending. And with a false doctrine, you will also have problems ascending. Jesus said that the Pharisees, they hold the keys to the kingdom, right? The keys are truths. They hold the keys to the kingdom, but they themselves will not enter the kingdom and they are preventing others from entering. Now, how do we prevent others from entering? That is when we have the word of God but what we derive as the meaning of the things that are found in the word of God and therefore we teach are false. So the teaching of false doctrine is to prevent others from entering the kingdom. So if you want to know about God and you are taught falsely about God, that is what you hold in your hands. So it's like you are giving a method that does not work. It is like being given direction. Like I told you, we went for a funeral at Akim Oda, and I was with Pastor Brian and Pastor Kampa, and we're coming back. So we checked Google Maps. We wanted to come and appear at New Edubiasi. So we wanted to come through Akim Oda to appear at New Edubiasi, then we come to Kumasi. So we turned on the Google Map. So we followed the Google Map, and as we're following the Google Map, one thing about Google Maps is that you must believe. You see, you have to believe God at times nothing is happening. You are not sure where you are going, but you somehow believe that this app will take you, right? Wow. So that's what we're also doing. We followed the point that we, hey, I wish you, but that's what the map is saying, right? So we moved here and then we got to a cliff. So as we moved, the Google Map said road is there, right? <laughs> but what we got there was the cliff. That you go down. So, like the car would have entered, like maybe 15, 20 meters. You get it? Yes, and there was a river there. <laughs> so, when we got there, we stopped. You see, that is the example of being given a false doctrine. And you using that false doctrine, you think it will take you home, right? But it is leading you into a cliff. You get it? So when you are taught false doctrine, that's what happens. And there are a lot of false doctrines around. Amen. Say, so how do we know a false doctrine? You must first decide what it is that you want. And every doctrine teaches what it will give you. Do you understand that? So you must decide what you want. If you are looking for righteousness, right? And a doctrine does not give you righteousness. Between you and that doctrine, you agree that the doctrine is false. You understand that? Yeah, if you are looking for money as your primary aim and you are receiving a doctrine like ours, to you, this is a false doctrine because this doctrine will not make you the richest man in the world. You understand that? Uh -huh. Because that's not the aim of this doctrine. The aim of this doctrine is to change your heart. Yes. So if you are looking to learn how to love God and the neighbor, then this doctrine will help you. 
Amen. So we were expecting to come home and we realized that what the Google map was giving us was a false doctrine. You understand that? Yeah. So false doctrine can lead you astray. You see, so there are people that are trusting who is teaching them and they are being led astray. You get it? Because what they are being taught is false. Now, the true word of God, when you find it, is supposed to help you to become spiritual. If you are not taught it, it becomes difficult. But what God has done for man is that even without a man being in church, he has found a way, and he always keeps it that way, of the right doctrine, and normally in a lesser form, being taught even in the world. So when you are a child and you don't even go to Sunday school, when you go to school, they will teach you some basic things about morality, right? When you are in the world, there are certain basic things that are from the word of God, but they will not necessarily be taught you that Matthew chapter 3 verse this, right? But these are good moral lessons that you learn around. So God has made it so that even without stepping in church, you have something small, you get it. But it is still men that must teach you. Do you get it? It is still men that must teach you. So you learn things. You learn small, small things here and there. But it is better that a person is found in the church because their doctrine is taught fully. So Jesus said that you are the light of the world, right? A city that is set on a hill. You see, now the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill means that when that city is set, some light goes to every part of the world. And that is the nature of the church. So as the light in the church is intense, or as the church is well-placed in terms of its relationship with God, okay, then there's some light everywhere in the world, even though it is not as intense and as accurate as the light that is in the church. It's the same with other religions. If there's light in the church, even in other religions, there will be light there, small, small, here and there. Do you see? So, for instance, you may be born in intense Islamic religion in an Islamic nation, right? And still the truth of the kingdom can find you through Islam. Not because Islam in totality is true, but God, through his providence, has made it so that even a false religion, there is still some truth inside it, that if a man is genuine in his heart, he can, with those truths, find God. Do you understand that? Yeah. So, but doctrine will have to be taught. And when you understand the importance of the teaching of doctrine, then when doctrine is being taught, you will apply yourself to it. Amen? You will give yourself to the teaching of doctrine. Some of us are trying to find God in the spirit, but we are lazy in terms of giving ourselves to doctrine. Do you see? Now, it will affect your appreciation of spiritual things. Doctrine is the foundation. Without that foundation, whatever you think you are trying to pick in the spirit, it is like building a house that doesn't have a foundation. It has nothing to dwell on, and so you cannot accommodate it. You understand? There's no ground for it. It's like a plane that cannot land. You understand? There's no ground for it. 
there's no place in you for the spirit that God wants to put inside you. There's no place in you for that spirit to dwell. So doctrine becomes that prepared ground, that place in you where spiritual truth, spiritual knowledge can come and dwell. So if God is going to speak to you, which is his speaking from above or from within, he's going to speak to you through doctrine. His light is going to shine out of the doctrine. Do you understand that? The light is going to shine out of the doctrine. So without the doctrine, it is not possible for you to have the light of God shining out towards you. It's not possible. Amen. Amen. So then, how we give ourselves to doctrine and the diligence with which we give ourselves to doctrine is very key. To hear doctrine means that we understand how life should be lived because we understand who God is. We understand his kingdom, right? So we understand that this is how God wants us to live life. This is the approach. This is what matters. See, doctrine teaches us what matters, what we should set ourselves after. Do you see? What we should turn away from, what will destroy our souls, what will edify us, what is good, what is evil, what we must embrace, what we must reject. Doctrine teaches us all these things. Do you see? Without such knowledge, it is not possible for you to ascend and become spiritual. Now, the knowledge of doctrine alone does not mean that you are ascending. Do you see? No. But the knowledge of doctrine is what begins your application to life. It means that now you know how you should approach life. Not just the step you should take, but also why that step is the step you should take. Doctrine teaches you that also. Do you see? Imagine you were only taught the steps that you should take, but you don't know why. The enemy will floor you in the fight. You need to know why. Imagine there are 10 reasons why you should take this step, but you only know two. The enemy will floor you as to the eight, right? Imagine there are four levels as to how you should apply yourself in a certain context, but you only know two of the levels. The enemy will take the fight to level three and four, and then you'll be flawed. Do you understand that? So doctrine is like you arranging your armor and preparing yourself adequately to engage yourself in the journey that will result in the spiritual life. And that's why doctrine is taught. Anybody that is lazy in doctrine cannot actually win the fight against hell. Nobody said the doctrine is too much. It's strange and it's heartbreaking, right? Because what are you looking for? Like as we are in church, what are you looking for? What are you looking for in life? How does the supply of the weapons that you need to win the battles against hell, how does it become too much? It is because you have, through another false doctrine, misconstrued what the Christian life is supposed to be. Amen. Because some of you here, when we are teaching things, you are happy to switch off and to wait till the time that we start to pray. You see, you don't understand. 
I should just state my point, right? And then we start praying. Why this long talk? Everything must be clarified. Everything must be explained. It is because if you are not taught, you will not win the battle. You, you will branch into the bush and you think you are on the right path. You will be misled. Hallelujah. You will be misled. So the eagerness to learn doctrine is necessary. The eagerness not just to Oh, what's the summary of the thing, right? If we knew things just by summaries, we will not get anywhere in our fight against hell. What's the summary of it? Have you fought against hell before? Some of you, all your fight against hell <laughs> is that you want money and there's no money, right? That's not a proper fight against hell. If you have fought against hell before, you will realize that it is a very strange battle and the enemy knows where the weakness is. So if there's a space in your armor, that is where the enemy will go to. The enemy will not waste time dealing with where there is no space. You see, if there's a space in your armor on your side, when we start the fight, that's where the enemy will be piercing there to calm you down. You understand? Yeah. Yeah, I was sharing with you the last time about the person who wanted to overcome masturbation but had not understood. Do you see why masturbation is evil? And interesting thing about it is that as I was asking why masturbation is evil, she wanted me to tell her. Do you see? And at times, that's how we are. Tell me what the problem is. I've seen people, the moment I keep going on and on, breaking down the problem, is that they've heard what they wanted to hear. And that's that the problem is A, B, C. So the breakdown is that, have you been speaking to somebody and the person has checked out before? The person is before you, right? And the person is looking at your face. But certain things are not consistent. In the person's dealing, you see, you see that no, the person has left the building. You get it. I don't know why people do that because you are not even the one talking. Do you see? All that you need to do is to discipline yourself to hear. You are not the one talking. You see? And at times, people quickly conclude that you like talking because somehow there is some satisfaction you gain from talking. Me, normally they are telling me in the house that I should reduce the number of times I talk. Because I have side effects <laughs> from plenty talking. Do you see? So it's not because we like talking. Others will keep quiet and be there. Do you see? Because we can talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. When we go and sleep, we can't sleep. Because you have inflamed certain areas inside your head. Do you see? Who likes talking for talking's sake? Well, maybe there's some glory. That's just showing that you know I'm right. Maybe there's some glory there. But no, that's not the point. 
it is not good enough to hear the summary of the matter and to hear it point by point. How many of you have learned something, right? And then you thought you knew it. And then you went to the exams. So you were learning the points. Five reasons why you, oh, reason number, reason number two. Reason, uh, then you got to exams and it was state and explain. <laughs> Do you get this? So you know the point. But as you started to explain, you realize that, hey, it's not that there are no ways to show, but it's like certain things are coming into your head that is making you confused. Do you get it? You learned in your head that, oh, it's A, but as you are writing this, and the possibility of adding B, there's a possibility of, hey, is B part or B is not part? Do you get it? Then you are explaining, oh, meanwhile, you thought you had learned the thing. Even when it comes to teaching people, that's one of the things that happens if you are inexperienced. You can hear a message from God, right? And when the message comes upon your heart, you are so blessed and you conclude that now you know what to teach the people. Then you come and stand here, right? Then you remember that you didn't even consider how to begin. Do you know that how to even begin a message is something? When you hear from us, as if they will just be organizing themselves and then you just have to step in to say what you heard from God and then go. No, they, they, <laughs> you have to organize them. Do you understand? So you have to begin from somewhere. If it hasn't happened to you before, it means that you have not been teaching, right? But if you teach, or even a normal presentation, you, you are doing a presentation in school, right? You think you get the thing. So as they say, prepare, prepare, prepare. You say, I understand the thing. You understand that? Yeah. Not knowing that it doesn't work like that. Now when you stand there, what will you say first? What will you say second? What will you say third? What will you do? When you're explaining, when you make your point, how, and you're about to explain, what do you say first? That will make the explanation something. Do you see? Like you get the thing, you understand the concept. But what we are trying to do is that we can't open your head and see that you understand the concept, right? You have to tell us. Have you tried telling somebody something that as you tell is not telling? Like the way the thing is, you know, that you know it. <laughs> you know, you go and stand in the person's shoes. You realize that if you are the one hearing these words, you know, Will you really be convinced <laughs> about what is being shared? No, you really feel like you know what you are saying. But even the words to say, they are far from you. That's what happens when you know things in topics. In statements. And so that's how you know doctrine. Oh, let's turn away from evils. You know, <laughs> what do you do with this? If you try to turn away from evils, you know that this information, turn away from evils is not enough. It's not enough. What are evils? What constitutes turning away from evils? So if you think that turning away from evils is that don't do it. Do you see? But that's not what it means to turn away from evils. It means don't will it. Don't think it. Don't do it. Do you see? 
But if you hear in topics, you get and say, oh, don't do the evils. But you are stuck because you will be willing it strongly and you will now not be doing it for the sake of fear of what people will say of you. Now, Jesus said you have sinned. You see? And the enemy is willing to have you there. You are not doing it because you care for what men will think of you. And the enemy will stay with you there. So you are saying you are overcoming, but you are not overcoming. You are saying that you are becoming righteous, but you are not. Because even though outwardly you are not doing it, inwardly you are doing it. But the thing about doctrine also is that a lot of the things that are taught you in doctrine, they are taught you in large quantities. And it is said that you are supposed to be taught doctrine before you are in trouble. Do you get it? When I say trouble, trouble with the enemy. You're supposed to be taught doctrine. It is through the doctrine that now you can fight that which comes your way in life. You understand that? But some of us choose doctrine when we are being taught it. We choose it based on our current need. So like maybe I'm teaching you about doctrine. As you are sitting here, right? You are very concerned about something. And it has nothing to do with what I'm teaching you. Do you get it? It means that today church is not important to you. Or I'm teaching you 10 things, but only two of them are relevant to you in your current state. So what you do is that you take the two and the remaining eight, as you are in it when it was said, but your mind was not there. Some of you can be coasting in a service, right? Until I start saying some things, then I realize that your eyes are wide open now. Hey, you like this one? This is so all the other things that were being shared. What were you doing? That is not the way of one who understands the importance of doctrine. Hallelujah. Why? Because doctrine will teach you that truth is never in isolation. So the truth that you want to know, as though it is in isolation, it is never in isolation. And you better understand truth when you pick them out of the lot. Let me explain. You see that when you are young, they teach you that one plus one is two, right? But that knowledge that one plus one is two is not an isolated knowledge. There is a system of knowledges that this knowledge fits right into. Do you understand that? Now, if you don't know the system of knowledges that this knowledge one plus one fits into, your grounding as to one plus one being two is shaky. When we were young, there was this lady that used to live with us. And then, so, you'll be trying to teach her, you see. Even if you are young and you need teaching, Still, someone also needs teaching that you have to teach. Do you see? And some of you, if you don't know anything, because when you come here, Charlie, you don't know anything, right? But there are people in your life that will need the little you know. Do you understand that? Uh -huh. So I was trying to teach the person. So I'll do one plus one. When you say one plus one, at times she'll say two, right? Then you say, Are you sure? Then she'll say four. <laughs> You see, now that is a sign 
that your grounding is not strong. And that's what at times the enemy does to some of you. You have just heard that this is how it should be. Right? Or this is what you should do. And when it was being explained as to how it truly works, you just tuned out because you've gotten your point. What the enemy will do to you, are you sure? Something, one, two. Sometimes you try to apply it. You know that in spiritual things, when you try to apply, you don't get results immediately. At times you have to apply and stay with it for a long time. How will you know that this thing that you are applying and staying with for a long time, it will work? When you don't understand the system that makes this thing true, the system of truths, that makes the one truth you are working with actually the case. So you say you try something in the spirit, right? Or you try something in your spiritual journey and you give it up because when you tried it, 30 minutes later, there was no results. Do you see? When you tried it, 30 minutes later, there was no result. What will make you continue in it? It is because you have a broad understanding. You get the big picture. This thing is not an isolated information. There are many things that come together to make this truth you are working with the case. I believe that one of the things that the enemy is using to fight us now is we are very familiar with the truth, even though we don't know it. So like at times, some things we share there, I see that, oh, it's as if you know it, but you don't know it. And it is proven when I ask you directly. It's like, hey, now you have to think about it. But when it was being shared, it's as if you are familiar with it, so you know it. You don't. And it is important to exercise yourself to know it and to take in all the explanations that is being given. When you come to church, that's what you come and do. To take in every explanation that is given. And even the ones that were said that was not clear to you, you have to go and make sure it is clear. When you are learning truth, you don't learn truth based on your current need. Hallelujah. When you are learning doctrine, you don't learn doctrine based on your current need. Like, because something is pressing you now, that is when you need to learn doctrine. No, it is revelation from the Lord that you need when it comes to your current need. You see? So when you want something to combat your current trouble, it is revelation from the Lord. When it comes to preparation for life, you need all truth. You need every information. Hallelujah. And even in research work, that's one thing that happens. I tell you, are doing research, you have to read, read around the time. They say read a book, but the book you are going to read, you wish the lecturer will say read page 45 and 46. But you have to read the whole book. Before you bring out the page 45 and 46 that it is true, you must understand the context of the truth. Now, the context of every truth is other truths. Do you understand that? And you must not just understand the truth itself. You must understand the context within which that truth is true. Other than that, you'll be weak in your understanding of truth. Hallelujah. So you must know everything. If you are going to think with a particular truth, you must think with the truth in context. That makes your thinking strong. If you are going to consider your life with a certain truth, and it's just the truth you have, without the context of other truths, that makes this truth true. You find that there is a deficiency. Because your mind also works in the same way that truth must be. 
your mind is made so that it does not totally accept a truth that is in isolation. That's why your mind will be asking you why. How come? What about this one? What if it doesn't happen this way? What if it also goes this way? What about this path? Isn't this also good? All this your mind will be asking you. And when the enemy comes, the enemy can choose any of these paths. Any of these thoughts to fight with you. When I started with God, I was subjected to long preachings. So, those days we used to hear preaching for four hours, five hours. You get it? And it's not like, hey, we are tired. When are you ending? No. When they say, it's time. Should we end? We are the people who say, no. Do you see? And it's not like, oh, we just want to impress you. It's because some of you don't think that you can follow everything that is being said. I feel at times this thing of it's pretense, okay? That takes over. So that the actual activity of trying to learn is not done. My friends, as you are sitting here with me, I sense at times some of you, you are just trying to appear like you are listening. And that thing is very stressful. And it's tiresome. That's why listening will become tiresome for you. You are not listening. You are working very hard to pretend. And you see, we are made so that we shouldn't pretend for too long. Anywhere that you pretend for a long time, you are too stressed. So if you come and sit here and you want to pretend for two hours, continuously that you are listening, but you are not listening, church will become a struggle for you. Do you understand that? I know that people, you feel like, oh, the messages are there. But it must change going forward. You see, you should be writing something in your notes. Maybe if it's your phone, you should be writing something. Or you should have your notes writing something. Hey, me, I learn with diagrams and sketches. And if you check my old notes, it's with diagrams and linking things and sketching things. And a lot of the things that I have in my head, it comes out of that. You see? Now what I can do is to draw the diagrams in my head. Do you understand that? It's not because I started by drawing it in my head, though. So you've done it, and now you can map, map the thing. Sometimes I can be there. It's like I'm looking here, but my mind is so I'm trying to link the things. You see? So some of you are just listening, and you are just listening. You are just listening. Wouldn't you write anything? Are you not trying to make sense out of something? Or even if you're not trying to make sense out of that, it's something not beating you that you need to quickly note down that it has to be looked at again. Because it has been mentioned to you, it has been explained, right? At times you just need to even quickly write the explanation, even though you don't understand. Because you don't have time to think through it. So you write the explanation down quickly. So that when you go back, you can look at it. And remember, you don't look at it when... Many years after you are just flipping through your notes and then you say, hey, I wrote this some time ago. No, when you go back now, you look at it because you are unwilling that there are things you could understand and you are letting it go. Like, like you see how it is? Like 
spiritual things. There are things you could understand. You are seeing that you don't understand, but you are also casually moving about. No. For some of you, you don't know how to use your phone to write notes. Fine. Get a note we can bring to church. Amen. Amen. And don't come and copy the message. When you are learning how you deal with your daughter, that's how your notebook in church should be. You see, when we open Jota, it's only the one that wrote in the Jota that understands the Jota. That's how your notes in church should be. If your notes are too organized, no wonder you never go back to it. And at times, certain things are being mapped. You need to draw it out for you to see it. You see, when you see it well, then the connections are properly made in your mind. There's a certain level of aggression that you must approach your gathering of truths in the natural way. Without that, you'll be deficient. And stop pretending that you are listening and really listen. Other than that, messages like this will stress you. You are listening to messages for hours. Hours. And when it ends, I'm like, hey, there's nothing to listen to again. And truly, it's possible with you because we all can watch movies and series for hours. And you follow every detail of it, isn't it? Or you black out after a point and uh, say, hey, I was watching, but I wasn't watching. No, you were following, following, following. When the episode ends, the next one must follow, right? Because of you that, you say you want to wait for them to finish the thing. Because you can't watch one episode this week and then wait the next week. Watch it. It must be the consecration of several hours. Do you understand? Four, five, six. I think you can watch it. It's only your eyes that will tell you, look, stop it. Because your eyes are just, do you see? Even that one you keep. And at that time, it's not like what is going on now, you don't follow. You follow everything. You see? Tell them about stop pretending. Stop pretending that you are listening. Like I'm thinking to stop pretending that you are listening to a message. Just that you are waiting it out. You see, you are just waiting it out. So, so much information is coming to you. You are waiting it out. When we finish, we'll pray a bit and then you'll go thinking that you've come to church. Look at me, I'm tired. I said in the past, I didn't finish. Before the special program, that's one of the difficulties that I faced, one of my struggles. At a point, I knew it was an attack, right? But every attack, the enemy uses a certain reality to fight you. At a point, I was asking, what was the point of me coming to even share with you anything in the special program? Because I don't think you hear. You see? And it was even worse when I was teaching you on the first day. You see? And some of you are checking in and out of the message, vanishing for several minutes whilst you are sitting there and pretending a lot that you are listening. You see? Have you seen how you can just look at something and not pay attention and it becomes blurry? I'm looking for you, but I'm not paying attention. It's blurred now. That's how it is. That's the feeling I get when you are watching me. Sometimes. That you are listening to me, but it's like, no. You have just set your face in this mind direction. But actually, inside you, you are looking elsewhere. So you stop pretending. Because there's too much information that is being given. I said in the past, one thing I don't like is that when I've 
been telling you things for about five years. You wake up one day and you tell me that this is the new thing that is being shared. Like, I'm happy that you have seen that, hey, now this is being shared. But to think that it's a new thing, to me, I'll tell you what? Like, what do you mean? So all the time that I wake up to come and stand here, at times stressing myself to know what to teach you, right? You didn't hear. And at times you dismiss chunk of a whole message just because you are in a certain state that you are looking for one thing. But that one thing is not here that you come and look for it, even though you get it here at times. You should be looking for God in your house. You see, let me tell you, when I used to be in the congregation, I could preach the message that the preacher preached right after in detail. Do you know why? Because I took a certain responsibility that was just beyond me trying to get by. I felt that it was necessary to get the picture for myself and then also I'll be in the place where I have to teach people. So that's what you do. That's why they tell you that you are just repeating what your pastor has been saying. Because you know the truth in points. Joke can be you decide one, two questions, I know. We're retreating. And this time it's not just retreating, you surrender as well. You remember that movie? No retreat, no surrender. You retreat and then you surrender. When the person is coming, you run away. So you can't speak. Upon all the things you know from church, you can't speak. You see, like Mourinho, when you speak, you'll be in trouble. Say, I prefer not to speak because if I speak, I'm in trouble. That's how some of you are. When you speak, the questions and the things that will be raised against you, you are not ready for it. You were not ready five years ago. You are not ready now. Why? Because you learn the truth in church in bullet points. Point number one, Pastor also saying, until the crack crack is saying. Some of you, you can check out, and when I'm summarizing the message at the end, right? That's when you check in quickly to get there. Just. You see, but when somebody is telling you stories about people and gossiping, you don't want the gist. You see, you want the details, right? So you have capacity for details on the spot. Then you convince yourself you have to sit down and learn this. <laughs> That's one of the lies that learners tell themselves. Even when we are in school, we used to tell ourselves that the lecturer is teaching Charlie, stay in the thing. Charlie, you are dying by Charlie, stay. The thing is leaving your hand because hey, but you forced to pay attention. You see, now if you have friends like that in school, those days, I keep you. As they are teaching, they look at you and say, okay, okay, listen. You'll be explaining it to me afterwards, right? Then you will think that right after the lesson, right? No. Before exams. That's when a person will come and say, Charlie, and they will even forget. Haven't you been in class where people have checked out? And then some few people are the ones following, right? I mean, I learned that, Charlie, even if, Charlie, I'm still missing, I have to stay. I have to stay. And you see, there are different levels of your mind that you engage. First, at times in school, where the teacher is taking the thing, it's like you lack some things that will make you get it, right? But you can also switch to another gear where now you are there just doing the thing, Baba. You realize that, hey, child, the way the teacher is moving, though, you are missing some things, right? You say, don't check out. Just now, 
begin to chew every thing that the teacher is doing. Then you can do it. Even if you don't understand it, right? You can do it. So I used to do that. So I'll chew everything. One thing that made me not miss lectures was that it was necessary to appreciate the lecturer's mind, right? Because we are observing everything. What time you tell Charlie? I be a golena, a golena. Till I no go lecture, it be fine, fine, a golena. That's a lie. So you check out in church and you tell yourself, you listen to the messages. You tell me, how many of the messages that you checked out of have you listened to? And you realize when you go and listen, it's, like, it's too new a thing for you. You didn't do due diligence when it was being preached. Amen. Without knowing truth, you have to know truth like a Jehovah witness. You know a Jehovah witness. Every question you ask, there's an answer. I met a Jehovah witness many years ago. As he was talking to me, he was talking somewhere. You see that kind of talking that it's like they are not trying to remember. You see, it's like you just started the song. She's like, the song is just me. So he was just looking somewhere and speaking. Do you see? And the Bible can't say we were as it was. No Bible can't say we were. No Bible can't say we were. No way she is. The Bible can't say we were. Let me tell you. Do you see? <laughs> you want to punch a hole? They have filled every part. But you, you say you know the truth, right? But you, you know it in bullet points. And you have left every other part to be opened. And the reason why it doesn't trouble you is that you are not really trying to live out the truth. If you were trying to live out the truth, like one time, like you, you go to us and you try to explain something, you say, hey, I should have learned it in little. Next time when you are learning, you be careful. But because you are not trying to live out the truth, the deficiency of the way you listen to truth when it is being preached, it's not being pointed out to you. Like this now I'm sharing with you, it's even possible that you are not getting it. Because you're not trying to live the truth out. You hear it and go and sit down. That's all. Hallelujah. Have you realized that at times, even without the context of the truth, you have the truth in a statement, but you have misunderstood it. So without the other truth that you must learn to help you appreciate that truth, you still have the truth in bullet points. That's why at times they add, state, and explain. And the state has a smaller marks than they explain. When you explain it, they'll give you zero for the explanation and give you two marks for the state. Because your explanation sends the thing to. That's what we call deviation. It deviates. Do you see? So at times, without the context, the system that makes something true, you have misunderstood the truth. And you'll be misapplying it. And I see people do it a lot. They're applying the truth in a way that is wrong. My friends, some of you, I talked to you about disciplining children, right? And then I heard that somebody would want to, like, say, beating a child, right? Somebody want to beat a one-year-old. Or one-and-a-half. Even two. You see? 
Why? You think you are working with truth, right? But you don't get the supporting truths. And you're happy to do that because of your own ego. You can't beat a one-year-old. How will you explain it? Except you are some wicked person, right? Because you can't explain the beating to the child. How the child understand? How the child appreciate? You see? Or beat the child. When I was young, the people that, that's how they were being beaten in their house. I know a certain woman. One day, one day, normally where we used to live, we could come and sit in front of the house and we are just there. I saw the boy dashing. <laughs> like the boy was just, hey! So when I look back, it was the woman. Now I was even an old woman at that time. So the boy was the nana, right? And the boy was like, class three. He was at that time, yeah, me too, I was around that, so class three, class four, right? So I saw the boy dashing, do a lot of plantain in that area. That's what I found Brazil was. <laughs> That's and then I look back at the woman, and then there were coconuts too. So aside the plantain, there's coconuts, you see. So then I saw the woman pick a big coconut, like that would fit into her hand. So like you see the coconut, and some fall, and it's not full, right? It's not big, right? And threw it in the direction of the boy, right? And then the boy, as he was running and the thing was coming, like, and then the woman, again, by that time the boy was gone, you see. Now you see, it's stuck in my head. Like, what is this? You say you must discipline the child, right? But you, you are in discipline. You see, you are in discipline. There have been at times, you want to be the At times, the child is just one for a person. For a baby, can give me pa, 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 Specific to a point. Do you see? You are not to be out of control. It must be calculated. Eh? It's all calculated. It must be calculated. You shouldn't beat a child without a number. Do you see? Pita, 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 pita. Babo say, young kind. <laughs> do you see? No. I'm going to beat you three. Do you see? I'm going to beat you three. Pa, pa, pa. Then you leave the child. Do you see? Then you let the child contemplate what has happened. Osukaka. Then you say, oh, come, come, come. Everything must be done in a certain way. Meanwhile, when it was explained, it was in a certain context, explanations, explanations. Like, speak to me in bullet points. So you got your bullet points. So you see now what you are doing. And you say they taught us in church. I saw a woman beat a child at a washing day. Hey! I like now. Hey! That the child was like one and a half or so. It's like you must discipline the child, right? No. When we're young, one of the things that 
my mother will do to you that. Mama, your children, my baby, there's a word, right? What does it mean? Say, consult the dictionary. Now, so You then take the dictionary, right? And then you open. And she should just tell you what it means, right? Say, go and look in the dictionary. Now, that's powerful. In the process of looking, you will find a lot of things. And that's the part that some of us don't like. So even in school, we like the lecture that says, hey, hand out to you, right? So we know what we are learning. Do you see? But the lecture that says, go to the library. Do you see? Or gives you a list of books that we are considering. Right? But you think about it. Because I think when you have a book, you imagine all of this knowledge is in your head. You will not be speaking everything in the book, but when you speak from this wealth of knowledge, you are wise. You say, when you speak, you are different. If you speak in bullet points, so it's obvious you are shallow when you are talking. That's why nobody minds you. Your speaking has no consideration for many things, even though the statement you are making is true. I imagine you speak from a textbook, you speak from many big, big books. Do you see? That's when, even in the exams, you can do well if what you learned didn't come. If you learn in bullet points, and it doesn't come, you are dead. Like if you take, those are time was Kosoko. You know Kosoko, is Kosoko still there? Kosoko is still there. Maybe now they've made it big. My time, Kosoko was flat. Kosoko series. Kosoko was what? Was it chemistry? Yes. If you learn from Kosoko series, you're a different person from when you learn from general chemistry or even ghast. Do you see? When you learn from Akiola mathematics, it's different from when you learn from A-level mathematics. Do you see? Or you get a proper back house. You get a proper math book. Akiola is, they say two statements, uh, questions, question, 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 question. Two statements. So all that you do is that at least some of the questions will come. Do you see? If you learn in bullet points, that's what will happen. If your question doesn't come, do you get it? You are dead. Even if a similar question comes, you will know. Because you don't understand what is going on. I remember my university days. There were times I was using certain graphs that were not part of the question, but were in the previous question, answer certain questions. Right? Because you understand the concept, right? You've learned things. So at times, the Answer to question five is in question three. But you will know. Do you know your mind? Your mind is like a library. You know how a library works? Those that do proper library work, they know that the knowledge or the books in the library must be arranged in a systematic way. There must not be a sharp contrast. A sharp contrast between how the 
knowledge flows in the library. So even in a particular section of the library where they talk about one particular thing, the books there are arranged in a way that they agree. They are different, but they are arranged according to similarities. So from a certain book, you by all means go to a certain book that is close, and you are likely going to read that book after the other book, right? At times, even the way they arrange it from left to right, you see, there's a science to it. Then you move from one subject to another subject. Is that the subject is completely different, but you find that some subjects are close to each other. Do you get it? Because they relate more. That's the nature of your mind. Your mind is like a library. And that's how truth must be in your mind. It must be arranged that way if you stand a chance. If you utilize all your capacities as a human being, truth must be arranged inside you like that. You see, I tell some of the things that I teach you. I say, oh, this means truth. This means affection. But I'm waiting for the time where I can tell you specifically what kind of truth it is. Because even truths truth are in shades. But if you begin to try and specify the kind of truth, it's like it's too much. That's like my time you say, oh, everything is truth and love, everything is truth and love. But it's a kind of truth. It's a kind, like it's not, there are specific things. In all these things, you must know. Amen. In Luke chapter 19, when Jesus got close to Jerusalem, so that's he about to enter Jerusalem. And when he had thus spoken, he went before ascending up to Jerusalem. You see, that's what at times say. At times, we are even telling that this thing is wrong, right? But you still think it's true. Because you think you know something. Do you see? You know some truth. But there's a system of truth that makes what you are doing wrong. Do you understand that? And at times I see people, see, you may argue, I'm selling. Pastor Kampada, it's important to speak from the place of wisdom because you are calm. The person you are speaking to, do but you are calm. What you are saying is true. Nothing will change it. See, are you trying to say everything I'm saying is true? No, I'm saying that's why it's good to speak from a place of wisdom. You understand that? You know it's true. It will be true tomorrow. Ten years from now, it will still be true. The sad thing is that the person is not seeing it now. That's the sad thing. And even some of you pastors at times, maybe dealing with a member, say, oh, this is how the member is thinking. Then you're exuberant, you see. So you feel like you understand the member, do you see? Yeah. Your system of truth is smaller. That's why you're thinking so. But with time, I was talking to Pastor Joe, and he was acknowledging something that I said. But when I told him, I realized that he didn't see it. But he was acknowledging that, ah, then he gets it. Why I told him that. And it's got truth, you know, it's big. Do you see? And at times you are in the middle somewhere, so you are not able to appreciate everything. But if you have understood how truth is networked, you see, that's why it's not easy for you to be deceived by another person. So if you say that, 
a man must love God. But you see somebody that doesn't know God and you still want to believe that the person loves God or loves righteousness. Somebody who doesn't know God and you still want to believe that the person loves the neighbor. So you think that, oh, even though the person doesn't know God and doesn't like God, he still believes in loving the neighbor. So the person is a spiritual person. So I can marry the person. <laughs> look at you, look at you, look at you. You don't understand many things. You don't even understand what to love the neighbor is. It has been explained to you. But when it was said, you didn't take your mind there. It was explained to you that the Lord is the neighbor. It was explained to you that the neighbor is not the person, but the good. Now you heard it, but you have not made sense out of it. You have not tried to sit down to join them. So as I tell you, you even have heard it before. So you acknowledge it. But where is it in the things you have strung together in your mind? Right? You've not done the stringing together of truth in your head to have some clarity with it. You see. Sometimes you are telling the person that, no, this person is still not correct. It's almost like in the person's eyes, you are going against your teaching. It's like me, I taught you that to love the neighbor is to love God, right? So somebody who does not know God and has no respect for God, you want to still conclude that as they are talking about loving the neighbor, it means that they still love God, just that they don't know yet. You see, it's not like that. No, it's not like that. You say, oh, no, no, no. It's my own teaching, right? But you forget that I taught you. You see, you say, you are going against your teaching. You see, because now you know the thing. Well, you know it in isolation. That we will sit down and wait for you a bit, right? At times you want to come and confirm, but you are too proud to do it. So we come and ask you, Charlie, how is it going? <laughs> and then you confirm that, oh, Charlie, this is it. At times, don't run away from knowing all the truth. Don't switch off. That's why coming to church, we don't come and play. It's cool. Christ Academy for all nations, right? The academy there was kept there. You see, it's not a popular name to give to a church. Do you see? The Christ Academy for All Nations. I tell you, is there a school? You say, where do you go? Say, there a school? Say, there a school? That's that's the point. Do you see? It's a school. You don't come to school with a casual approach to learning. That if the lecturer or the teacher can't put it inside your head, you will not learn it. It is his responsibility to make sure it is in your head. It's your responsibility to make sure it's in your head when it's being taught. So you must engage. You must engage. You must engage. Amen. And it came to pass when he was come nigh to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying, Go ye into the village over against you, in the which at your entry ye shall find a colt. A colt is a young donkey. Okay? Tied. Whereon yet never man sat. Hallelujah. Whereon yet never man sat, or no one has sat on it before. Okay? Loose him and bring him to me. And if any man ask you, why do ye lose him? Thus shall ye say unto him, because the Lord had need of him. Amen. Now, in this story, Jesus is about to enter Jerusalem. 
And we know that in scripture, Jerusalem is a place of worship, right? And it is from worship that spirituality is attained. Amen. And worship involves truth and its application, right? Truth and its application. And at some point, the introduction of temptations. So truth and its application, worship, you see. And Jerusalem represents that. That's why Jesus, it is when he enters, he has to go into Jerusalem so he may be crucified. When he went into Jerusalem, then he was caught and then the crucifixion now could happen. Jonathan. So that's where worship is. You offer your bodies a living sacrifice, right? Holy and acceptable unto God. That is your reasonable worship. Okay. So now, Jesus, as they are about to enter Jerusalem, told them that look, they should go into the opposite village. And then when they go, they will find a donkey. You know, horse is truth in the intelligence, right? Or spiritual truth. So to sit on a horse is to have spiritual truth, right? But donkey is your poor man's horse. Do you see? So that's a donkey. And that is natural truth. You see? Donkey is supposed to be like a horse. But he said the way it is. And donkey is some way. Do you see? Have you seen a donkey before? It's agility. Donkey is like a lake. And a horse is like a river. If you see a donkey, it's like... Look at this thing standing there. It should be mighty and active, right? By slow, slow poison. Slow. Their horse is agile, right? And that's how spiritual truth is. Spiritual truth is agile, active. It's full of strength. Natural truth is like something that should be strong, but its strength is not out. It's not showing. And that's a donkey. And it's also smaller. But Jesus said that they should go and bring in the donkey. Why? Because in what will be taking place as to the worship, the donkey is necessary. Hallelujah. The donkey is necessary. And that is the truth that is known in the natural. The knowledge of doctrine, which is being represented here by the donkey. The external knowledge of truth or the natural knowledge of truth. And the key part is that when somebody asks you why you are losing this donkey, tell him that the Lord has need for it. Now, respecting Jesus himself, he spoke of the importance of natural truth in his own spiritual journey. Okay? But in terms of the relationship of the Lord with us, the Lord is also saying the same thing, that he has need of that donkey. Hallelujah. He has need of that donkey. So the Lord wants to make you spiritual. The Lord wants to transform you and even bring you to the place of revelation but he requires that donkey. And that donkey is what you must apply yourself to get. You must apply yourself to gain that knowledge that is represented by the donkey. Without that donkey, you cannot successfully enter into Jerusalem for the sacrifice. You cannot. And it must ring into your mind when you want to trivialize doctrine and to think that doctrine must be learned at your convenience and just learn a bit and move on. You must remember that the Lord has need of this donkey. Even though it's a donkey and it's not a horse, the Lord has need of it. And without this donkey, you cannot actually come to the place where you sit upon a horse. You cannot mount a horse except the donkey does 
its work. Hallelujah. Said when somebody asks you why you are untying the donkey, you tell him that the Lord has need for it. When you are trying to gather doctrine, when you are trying to learn, and things are fighting in your head and give up, oh, forget. Oh, it's not necessary. It's too much. When pastor stop, why is teaching very long like that? Do you understand? You answer that the Lord has need of this. That you are crying, crying, crying for the Lord to speak to you. But you don't have the natural knowledge that the Lord will use to speak to you. And some of you at times, the speakings of the Lord is very remote. Remote in the sense that what the Lord is speaking to you, the pixels that are required to form the picture, the pixels are few. So it's, like, it's not a clear picture. Even though it's still the Lord that is speaking to you, it's not a clear picture. It's not so clear to you. It's not as intense as it is supposed to be. And it's because you lack the knowledge, you lack the system of knowledges that the Lord will highlight to teach you that truth. You lack the pixels. You see in pictures, when the pixels are many, the, the picture quality is also high, isn't it? You see more clearly. The pixels are necessary. The pixels are the natural truth, the natural understanding of truth. Yeah, let me put it well because at times you think that you just let the truth pass through your ears. You should make sense out of it. The natural understanding of truth. Like you see how we learned about the various levels of the mind. You see, it should be firmly etched in your mind. It should be something you understand. Do you understand that? It should be something that you understand. You have that natural understanding. That natural understanding must be there before the deep spiritual understanding can come. And you must concern yourself with this to make sure you understand truth in the natural. Hallelujah. If you were in an environment where truth is scarce, right? Then we say, okay, you make do with what you have, right? But there's so much. And because of that, you are actually sinning against God by not utilizing what is being made available to you. Hallelujah. May the Lord help us. And may we apply ourselves, discipline ourselves to know truth. And may we also subject ourselves to the teaching of truth. May we be open to somebody teaching us and explaining things to us. May we humble ourselves enough because that's part of learning the humility to allow somebody to teach you, to allow somebody to show you that you don't know so that they can teach you. I see at times people come and sit here, they think they know I'm, and I'm sad for you because you don't know anything. Do you know how I know that you don't know anything? The fact that you think you know I'm, you don't know anything. Those who know, you don't realize that they really know. That people come and they know, they know, they know, they know God. That's like when you teach them something that does not fall in line with what they have been knowing. They red flag you that, hey, you are wrong. See? If you're a learner and you even find something that is strange to you, the learner's heart is that probably I could also be wrong. So let me search into this feather, right? That's what the one who is humble to learn. That's how he is. He understands that he too, he could be wrong. 
That is why I'm not a fan of Christian apologetics like that. People that have consecrated themselves to be debunking people. Do you see? Because it gives you an attitude that is not good. If you are trying to teach people, and in the process, it becomes necessary to debunk something, that's good, right? But if it is your way to call people out, I think your calling is to endlessly contend for the faith. You see? But that's not how we endlessly contend for the faith. You can't create a ministry from debunking people. Otherwise, you become an irony. You yourself become an irony. But when a superior person sits there to listen to you, and in your attempt to debunk people, you yourself need debunking. You see, you become an irony. That's I'm not a fan of it. Because you need to take up an attitude that you get, you know, you get it. And not be open to be debunked. Debunking is necessary. Don't, don't misunderstand me. But it must be within the right context. And that is the context of establishing truth. Do you get it? So what will you do? See, you are clear that there's so much to learn, right? I'm saying that don't hide from that by praying a lot. Do you see? I see by praying, that would be a substitute for the learning, right? To compensate it with. Pray a lot. But you must sit down and learn. When I say learn, it's not like you just read many things. You have to take on board the knowledges and make sense out of them. Sense must be made of these things in your head. Pictures must be painted. It must be firmly illustrated in your mind. Hallelujah. It must be firmly illustrated. May the Lord help us. In Jesus' name.